Hello, everyone. I'm Sean Moss, and I'm your host for this episode of the Ross Local School District podcast. Ross Local School District is moving forward in new ways, and we want to keep you informed. Each episode, we will be learning together about a new topic that provides insights and we'll discuss the choices and opportunities available for students, parents, and community members in Ross Local Schools. If you missed any episode, you can access all of our previous podcasts at rossrams.com and click on the sidebar RLSD Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. This is a conversation about what we're doing here at Ross Local Schools and how we discover, aspire, and relate every day. Mr. Jeremy Frazier. And again, it's another conversation that we're going to talk about some of the, the school finances because I think that's first and foremost and, and one of the biggest things that people don't understand. I mean, I've been in schools now for 20 years and I'm still constantly learning about school funding. So, Mr. Fraser, you guys sent out here recently, um, and I believe it's on our website. Yes, um, that's correct. That there's some more information um, in, in a frequently asked questions. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. We have... Um FAQs that we send out every Friday. Uh, the FAQ that we are just sent out this past Friday uh, is in regards to the tax base, uh, revenue per pupil, uh, and expenditures per pupil. Uh, so the, the first thing that, that I would say is when listening to this podcast is if you can, go out to the website and let's take a look at these documents that we're going to be talking about here. Because, uh, I mean, we can go through the documents, but without seeing it, um, you know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Uh, and, and I think that's especially true for some of these concepts that we're trying to, to portray here. So and that's right on the homepage, rossrams.com. Correct. The financial update. Uh, and our FAQs are posted out there, uh, as well as uh, these documents as well. Great. So I'm going to let you two talk about that, and I'm just going to stay back here behind the mic because this is way over my head when we get into this. <laughs> sure. So sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm eager to learn as, as well as our listeners. So I'm going to let you two take it from here. Okay, so the first document that uh, we want to look at is it's titled Tax Base. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we've got here are property taxes and school district income taxes, uh, and those are laid out in such a way as we've got – what the taxes look like for a hundred thousand dollar home, uh, and they're in sequential order of most to least, uh, and, and just like a lot of other things, uh, especially when we get to revenue per pupil um, and even expense per pupil, uh, you'll see where where Ross is comparatively to other districts uh, and to the state average. So where are we? So where where is Ross in relation to those other districts? Okay, so for example, on the tax base. Uh, we're looking at property taxes here, and we've got districts in here, basically all of the Butler County districts. Uh, we've got a state average, and then we have uh, another list of districts, uh, Madeira, Wyoming, Indian Hill, uh, and Sycamore. And those are those districts that we compare to academically. Okay. Um, so we are right now, as far as with the tax base, 
Uh, and if you're looking at your document, we are in, uh, we're highlighted in a, in an orange color. Uh, we're third from the bottom. Wow. So we are pretty far behind, um, on the scale as, as far as, uh, what, what those property taxes, you know, what they are, are coming in at, um, and also how much the school district gets of those property taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, millage, when we talk about property taxes. Um, folks that are in the Ross Local School Districts uh, pay 45.42 mills of property tax. Uh, what that equates to is basically uh, $1,589 for a $100,000 home. So if you've got a $300,000 home, you take that and multiply it by three, mm-hmm. and that's pretty close to what your tax bill should be. Um, so the 45.42 mills is low comparatively to those districts around us and significantly lower than those that we compare to academically. So we're at 45.42. For example, Madeira is at almost 80. Uh, Wyoming's at 76. Uh, You know, and and we're putting the product out there that's very similar to that, um, but we're bringing in significantly less uh, than those folks. And and even... uh, you know, five mils less than what the state average is. Wow. So, so Mr. Fraser, how did we get third from the bottom? I said there's like 15-ish schools here. Did, did we put ourselves here or was that, how, how did we get to that, that location or that spot? Okay, so what we have um, is for the total tax bill, you've got uh, inside millage, uh, which is 10 mils for um, all the taxpayers in, in, the, in Ross. Um, outside of that, you've got voted levies, right? So in in the Ross Local School District, we've got amounts on there for Butler County. Uh, we've got an amount out there for Ross Township. We've got an amount out there for the local schools, Butler Tech, Metro Parks, uh, and the Lane Public Library to get us to the 40, 45.42. Uh, for example, Harrison... Uh, who's just down the road from us, they have uh, Hamilton County, Hamilton County Parks, uh, their library system, their school system, their township, um, the village of Harrison, and also uh, their version of Butler Tech. So, Mr. Fraser, if you would take a $300,000 house here in Ross and compare that to a similar district, for example, Harrison, where would we compare tax-wise if you looked at somebody's tax bill compared to a, a similar district? So I, I actually had put this together for a Ross tax, taxpayer. Uh, they had come to me, you know, complaining that their taxes were extremely high um, and that they were actually thinking of moving to Harrison to lower their property tax bill. Hmm. And so I, I put together a sheet, which we're, we're going to publish on the website. Um, basically, you can input your, uh, the value of your home and see what that looks like as far as property taxes uh, for Ross. And then in this situation, we did compare it to Harrison because that is what the, you know, what the taxpayer had said. So um, I've got out there a value of 300 grand, and that ties back to this particular uh, individual's property tax bill for the year of $4,768. Of that, uh, $2,751 comes to the school district. So we're looking at about 58% that comes to the schools. 
if they were to move to Harrison, that same value jumps to a tax bill of almost $6,100. So it's a little over over $1,300. Yeah. And academically, comparison-wise, do we know that? Yeah, academically, obviously, we're in the top third of, of, of this chart academically, but you can see our revenue, and we're getting expenditures here in a minute, but tax base, we're, we're uh, struggling. The, we're struggling, and we're yeah. in the bottom. Yeah. So, so Mr. Frazier, that would be on our website. So, so taxpayers can go to our website, put in their, their home value, and then compare us to a similar district. Correct. And then also on uh, that same tool is – a, another document that, that will show where those dollars go that the school district mm-hmm. gets. Because I get that question a lot. Right. Um, you know, how do you determine where that money goes? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's not up to me. Uh, so we get a tax rate sheet. Really? Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a tax rate sheet from the Butler County Auditor. And what that says is it tells us how many mills go to which fund. So, for example... On our rate sheet, we have uh, inside millage, which goes uh, to our general fund. And then we have a bunch of voted levies. So we've got levies in 1976, 81, 87, 90, 95, and 99. And that's the last operating levy that we have passed. And was 1999. And that was for how many mills? That was for 4.75 mills. Um, and all of those operating levies go to the general fund. And then we also have uh, inside millage that goes to our permanent improvement account that helps us uh, maintain our buildings and, and purchase buses and, and those types of things. Uh, that goes to our PI fund. And then we also have a bond for the new Ross High School building um, that still seems new to me, even though it's, it's almost 20 years old. Um, and that goes into our bond fund. So that bond was issued to build this school, and the property tax dollars coming in pay the principal and interest on those payments, just similar to a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is it uh, – I want to ask this question. You haven't had a levy in 20 years. Yeah. But you're still going above and beyond academically. How tough is that? Yeah, we have one great great teachers, we have great students, and we have great families that pull together, and education is a top priority in this district, along with athletics, fine arts. Those are the three pillars that really drive our, our district, and academically, we compete. We do we do a great job. Yeah, That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. With less dollars coming absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yes. Right, right, right. So, Mr. Frazier, you want, you want to get into the revenue piece mm-hmm. in terms of what the state – uh, determines uh, what our revenue is? Sure, sure. So there is a report out, out there um, that's on the state's website. It's called the CUP Report. And that report compares districts, uh, and it's an Excel document. Uh, I always pull up Ross first, and then I can compare that to three additional districts. And that's how I create these these documents here, is just pulling up a, a certain set of districts um, and pulling out a particular um, matrix. So for example, revenue per pupil, uh, we, we talked about, um, where we are in the property tax basis as far as being low on the grid and revenue per pupil is, is no different. Um, what is revenue per pupil? So that is a mixture of all revenues 
divided by student population. Right. Okay. Um, so we've got, like we've talked about before, we've got revenues from the state. Mm-hmm. We've got revenues from the local taxpayers, which is property tax and income tax. And all of those together divided by uh, the student population gives us a number, revenue per mm-hmm. pupil. And, and that's and all you're public being documents. told what you have to do with that revenue. Well, we have to educate the kids with with whatever we have, whatever means we have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, if we look at the revenue per pupil document, Ross again is in an orange color. Uh, we are second from the bottom in the same, you know, compared to the same uh, districts as we were looking at on the tax base. Uh, so we're significantly less. Mm-hmm than the state average. Uh, the state average is uh, a little over $16,000 per okay. pupil. And we are at um, just under $12,000 per pupil as far as the money we get per pupil. And then again, with some of the folks that we compare to uh, academically, uh, Indian Hill obviously is going to get a lot of money per pupil. They're almost $20,000 per pupil. Uh, Sycamore is over seventeen. Uh, Wyoming is over 15, Madeira is over 15, and we're down here under 12, and we're still competing with them academically, which just shows, you know, how good of a job our our staff, Mm -hmm. our teachers are doing, uh, you know, more with less. And if we just got the state average, which is 16,154 per pupil, we would not be having these conversations. We might not have had a podcast if we if we got the we are, state average. We, <laughs> ouch. We are ouch. far below the state average, about $5,000 per I was gonna say, student. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt, but that yeah. shocked me that you're almost $5,000 less. But your expenditures then per per pupil. Well, correct. You have to you have to take that $11,000 and you have to figure out how you're going to offer this 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 class, this AP are we bringing in Butler Tech? Are we, you know, going to fund um, the athletics that we'll, uh, with the tremendous stuff we're going to talk about here in a minute with our AD? You you have to do five thousand dollars less than the state average. Yeah, how do you yeah. do that? Well, it takes creative planning. Obviously, our our administrators, our teachers, our parents, our students. We just pull together and. Provide a great education, and you don't want to cut programs because right. that's the foundation mm-hmm. of why we're here. I mean, uh, we'll hear Miss Richards talk here in a minute, but athletics, fine arts, education—those are the pillars of, of of why Ross is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that expenditure piece—I know Mr. Fraser, uh, similar spreadsheet. We're comparing the districts around us, along with. Correct. Uh, uh, the the districts that we compare with uh, academically, and, and again, it's it's. That's out there on our website, expenditure per pupil. Um, It's operating expenditure per pupil. So uh, when we look at it, it's not every single expense divided by pupil. It's not as simple a calculation as the revenue piece is. Um, Of course not. Yeah, of course. You know, this the is a simple math guy that I am. Yeah, this, this is a number that's put out by the state. Okay. Um, and again, it's on that CUP report. Uh, the CUP report is actually noted as a source Oh, great. these documents, so you can go out awesome. uh, and run those reports yourselves if, if you want. Um, but again, it's a similar story. We're, we're down in the lower third on this one, um, and there are some, some various reasons why we're lower on or we're higher on this one than we are on the revenue side. Um, a lot of that has to do with some ESSER dollars that 
Um, other districts received significantly more ESSER dollars, so they're able to divert some of the general fund expenditures to there. We didn't, we didn't receive as much as a lot of and the what other And what are districts. the ESSER dollars, just to recap that? So ESSER dollars are, is basically uh, how folks term it is our COVID money mm-hmm. that we got from the federal government to help us you know, stay open and, and operate and, and clean things up and pay for nurses and safety Great. things like that uh, during the pandemic. So, but yeah, again, it's a similar story. Um, we're doing more with less. We're below the state average. We are really? well below, well below. What is the state all, average? Uh, so we're looking at uh, state average expenditure, operating expenditure per pupil, uh, 13,300, almost 13,400. And we are uh, just shy of 11,500 expenses per pupil. Um, so again, it's, it's the same story, uh, doing more with less, less than the state average, uh, significantly less than uh, those schools that we compare academically to. Um, so again, you know, it, it just shows, again, how we are doing more with less. Wow. So Mr. Frazier, the state of Ohio views a district like Ross as a wealthy district, right? That's correct. So in their mind, they, they, their funding formula gives us less money, expecting the community to fund their schools. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, basically, the, the first pillar of the state funding formula is called base cost. And in there, uh, there's 22 different calculations within base cost. And what it looks at is how wealthy is your district. And Ross is considered a wealthier district in the state of Ohio. Whether you know whether we believe that's true or not, mm-hmm. um, that's what the funding formula tells us. And what that means is, the state views us as wealthy. They're not going to provide as much state aid because they feel like the burden of the expense, the taxpayers of that particular district are better able to fund that than say a poorer district. So just the opposite. Like if you're a large urban district you're going to receive more state aid. State oh, yeah, aid. significantly more than, than a, a mm-hmm. what is considered a wealthier district like we are. And that's why the system is flawed. Right. Uh, unconstitutional. Depending on which report you're looking at, between three and, and $5,000 less than the state average, the, the state's going, oh, you guys can handle it. That, that's a tough story to tell. No, that's right. basically what they're saying. Yeah. Is, is you're wealthy, you can, your tax base can afford... Uh, to foot the bill for, for whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. And, and we talked earlier where that, that tax money comes from. That was a couple of episodes ago. So, and, and those that are probably listening are, are Ross community members. You know what that is. You know what you're facing. So how do we, and this might be a topic for another issue, but how do we even change that perception at the state level? You know, that's where you get with your board of education and your congressman and all that kind of stuff. But you guys are faced with, we're stuck with a, a heck of a story here. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we do have a, a legislative rep on the board, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Keith Kleinfelter, uh, and he basically echoed that same message at our last board meeting. Like, hey, guys, we got to get out there. Right. Here's, here's their names and numbers. Um, we got to hit these folks hard because it's, you know, this, this funding formula is just killing us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Wow. Well, that was good stuff. That was awesome stuff. Is there anything else you want people to know based on this topic? I just think the biggest thing is, is, is how the state views a district like Ross. I think if, if our community understands that, then I think that's going to help educate uh, our community. Right, 
Right. So if they've got questions and they want to learn more, what do they do? How do they get in touch? Folks can find information at rossrams.com. Uh, they can click our financial update page. Uh, on that page is a video by Dr. Conkle, uh, five-year forecast, uh, the various FAQs that we've been putting out uh, the past several Fridays, uh, the reports that I'm talking about today. Uh, they can also email us at info.rlsd at rossrams.com if they have some specific questions uh, that they would like either myself or Dr. Conkle or, or someone else to address. And you guys have been getting some questions through that, right? We, that's we where you're you're yes. kind of basing yep. your your FAQs that you're adding. Yeah, so absolutely. that's go, that's awesome. So so also on our website. So March 9th, we have another focus group, and those focus groups have been very engaging. We're going to film the next focus group, well, not next, but March 9th. We'll film it. We'll put it up on our website. So if people want to hear our message and our story, go to our website, click on the video, and be able to kind of hear the message. Uh, that we're trying to educate our community. Great. Dr. Conkle, you brought a guest with us today. Yes, we're happy to have Mr. Jake Richards. And Jake is our current athletic director, and he's going to give us a highlight of our winter season. So welcome, Jake. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And as I've explained already, uh, my highlights uh, tend to run long, so I'm going to try to keep (laughs) to that uh, five-minute limit. Uh, But very excited about the, the state of Ross Athletics at this point. Uh, we've had a, a, a banner year once again um, following the, the 2020 year uh, where we won the all-sports trophy uh, and we had a lot of uh, individual and team success. Uh, so very excited that our our, uh, our student-athletes have had another great year. Um, so some of the highlights here, uh, going back to the fall, uh, we had uh, league championships in boys soccer uh, for the third year in a row, uh, including coach of the year Kayla Bush and player of the year Sully Spencer. Uh, in girls soccer for the second year in a row, uh, including coach of the year for the league uh, and for the city um, uh, as voted by the Inquirer, uh, that's Jessica Beener. And then the player of the year um, in Abby Meyer uh, in the league, uh, we had a league championship in girls tennis. This is the third of the last four years. Uh, coach of the year was coach Jerry Bolin and player of the year was uh, Sarah McGinnis. And then all of our other high school sports finished top three in the league. Our eighth grade football team was the uh, league champ, and then all other middle school sports finished in the top three. Uh, so great, great fall. That's fantastic fall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and some of the numbers, I mean, and this is something that, that we often uh, forget about. Uh, we had 408 athletes uh, in nine sports, seven through 12, uh, wow. participate in, in fall athletics. That's impressive. That's very yeah. impressive. Um, that's total. Uh, so total thus far this year. Uh, we've had 638 student athletes, uh, which is 444 at the high school. It's 46% of, of grades 9 through 12, uh, and 194 at the middle school, which is 42% to 42% of grades 7 and 8, because we only have interscholastic sports for uh, 7th and 8th grade. Um, and I'm also uh, I, I also forget about this uh, from time to time because you know these these folks who uh, commit so much of their lives to our student athletes and their programs. Um, we forget that they're they're also community members and educators in the Ross Local School District. Seventy percent of the coaches on our staff, and that's head coach all the way down to volunteer, are either community members, they live in the Ross community, or they are educators in the Ross Local School District. Um, so it truly is is a, a product of, of our our people in the Ross community. Um, moving on to the winter, uh, we've we had uh, wrestling just finished up uh, with their league um, competition. They won the league again for the second year in a row. 
uh, Coach of the Year, Rich Dunn. Uh, they also just last weekend won the sectional tournament. I don't know how many years they've, they've done that, but it's quite a few. Uh, and they are sending 11 kids, I believe, to the district uh, tournament coming up for a chance to, to qualify to state. Uh, girls bowling, um, the girls bowling team won uh, the league, and they qualified for district uh, for the second year in a row. They'll have that this, uh, this coming Thursday, I believe. Uh, boys bowling qualified for the district championship as a team. That's the third of the last four years, I believe, that they've qualified for the district championship. Um, that's on Friday up at uh, uh, Beaverview Lanes in, in Dayton. Uh, the swim team had a phenomenal year. They finished second. Um, the, the boys and girls both finished second uh, in, the, in the league. Um, that's after the girls won the league last year for the first time uh, ever. Um, the boys were so close to winning the league this year for the first time ever. Uh, there were a couple of controversial calls we won't get into <laughs> on this, uh, in this uh, format, but uh, a couple of controversial calls uh, that, that were the deciding factor. Uh, but we also just uh, just came back from Canton this past week where we had a relay uh, and an individual um, qualify for the state championship for the first time in, in program history. Um, the relay finished 17th, and then uh, the individual, Cooper Burt, who's a freshman, uh, finished eighth in the 100 backstroke. So a phenomenal year for Coach Stewart um, in, 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 in their program. Um, middle for Burt, man. I, yeah. I've followed him on, on all your Twitter feed. What amazing. Yeah. He's a freshman. Yeah, he's a beast. That, that's yeah. going to be exciting yeah. to see the yes. next couple of years with him. Yeah, and the other and his teammates. I mean, it's a, I'm telling you, top to bottom in that program. Um, and it's it's about buy-in. And, it's, it, you know, I've got a whole, you know, this rest of the script. And at this point, I know I'm not going to have time to – to go into the foundational <laughs> beliefs of the Ross athletic culture. Uh, but this is a product of the culture that our coaches um, and our families, uh, they've not only developed, but they work very hard to maintain. Um, and culture is one of those things that if you've got it, you've got it. And if you don't, it's, it's sorely missed. Uh, and so kudos to our people um, for, for making sure that they focus on the relationships. Relationships are huge. Um, they're a huge foundational belief in the Ross athletic culture and our coaches and our student-athletes and their families all focus on that on a daily basis. Every decision they make is relationship-based, and the proof is in, in, in the success that they have. Um, you know, relationships, uh, then accountability. We hold each other accountable. Um, that's, you know, individual accountability and collective accountability. Um, the mindset, we do a lot of work uh, through our, our student-athlete leadership team on, on, on mindset, uh, making sure that we show up with a growth-oriented wow. growth mindset. Um, we stay positive despite any any adversity, um, and then service. Uh, if if you know we come into to whatever the scenario is, whether it's a game, practice, um, any kind of team building activity, if we come into it with a service mindset and we all act as servant leaders, um, and our coaches model that, and I, I witness it every single day. I'll go out to practices today, and I'll see coaches being being servant leaders, and then you see that trickle down effect where the kids start to enact those same principles. Um, and that's and that's what, what has allowed us to maintain this culture of excellence, um, which then we see you know the evidence of it. Um, the win, winning is always always going to be a byproduct of of culture, um, I, as is losing, winning and losing, both by, byproducts of, of culture. And I'm 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 thrilled to um, to discuss this, and I could go on for an hour. Well, I that's know, why we yeah. get to bring you back yeah, for the next show. That, right? we, that, that, that makes my job it. as the producer easier. I would be glad the to. The topic's already there. <laughs> so, Jake, that, that one again, that's very impressive, but can you talk about when our student leaders, leaders go down to the elementary level oh, or yeah. middle school, the impact that they have on our, our younger students? Yeah, so this is uh, with our student-athlete leadership team. We've got, I believe, 80, 80-something at the high school at this point. Um, and it's, it's elective. It's not, um, you know, they, they do have to apply for it. Uh, but in, in our 
in our minds, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, if a kid wants to, has any interest whatsoever in becoming a leader or or uh, improving their leadership qualities, then why in the world will we say, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna keep it exclusive? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So they they we we meet with them every other week, uh, and we you know Mr. Martin and, and the rest of the the high school staff are 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 huge in that because they allow us to to carve that time out during the school day. Um, you know, and I, I know we get a little selfish with it sometimes and try to meet every week and, and whatever, and we appreciate the cooperation, but it's so important that these kids, they, they learn, you know, what it looks like to be a leader, how strong character can serve them, not only in their sport, but in their, in their relationship with their teammates and the relationships with their classmates. And then obviously, uh, beyond the, the walls of this high school. Um, and so to that end, uh, we've got a student athlete leadership team at the middle school comprised of fifth through or uh, sixth through eighth grade, no fifth through eighth grade students. Um, and you know, the prerequisite is, is that they, they play a sport, but obviously at fifth and sixth grade, uh, we don't have school sponsored sports. So we, we pretty much, you know, any, any kind of activity that kind of looks like, like they're in. Um, and once again, that's because we want to grow our leadership. And then at the intermediate school, the beauty of having the intermediate school on campus is that now we've got an audience that we can walk to instead of having to send kids, you know, all over the place, you know, get out of school, go drive to wherever. Um, and so we, the kids came up with this idea of, of creating a mentorship program. Um, and so we, our, our high school kids go down every other week at this point uh, to both the middle school and the intermediate school. And they spend, you know, the 30 minutes of what they, they call the, their intervention time um, with those, the, their counterparts at the middle school or the in, uh, intermediate school. And they work through some of the same stuff that we're working through at the high school level and talk about, talk intentionally about what it looks like to be, um, to be, uh, to, to form good relationships, to be accountable, to have a, a growth mindset and to, to act as a servant leader. Um, and so we're, we've been thrilled thus far with what that looks like. Uh, we've, we've heard positive reports, not only from, from kids at the middle school and intermediate school, but also from, uh, from family members um, who say that, you know, those kids get to see mm -hmm. their, those, those those high school mm -hmm. kids that they see on the court or on the course or wherever, they could see them, you know, in person, live, you know, right there in front of them talking about the stuff that really matters. It's not the wins and losses. It's the who are you becoming through sport. Right, right. And that's what's going to pay off in the future. Absolutely. That's what you do in a school environment to get kids prepared for the Life. future because yes. that's what it's about. I mean, right. we're, we're seeing that even in the world we live in right now how much cooperation and leadership is, is such a need right now. Right. That's great that you guys are building that foundation. And that, even and as far down as the fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the mission, the fourth grade, fourth and fifth grade at intermediate school. I mean, that's, that's the mission of education based sports and it's gotta be the mission of educate. Anybody can pay, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to go do the club route. Right. Great. But that's not education. Well, sometimes it's not education based, you know, we're focused on the learning, the, the, you know, improvement of the kid as a kid, not necessarily the improvement of the kid as, a, as an athlete, right. um, which is, you know, our mission. Fantastic. Well done. Absolutely. Kudos. Thank you. Way to go. Thank you. Wow, I had no idea. No idea. Yeah, we've I mean, got good people on board. I mean, it's, it's yeah, without a doubt, we've got some of the best coaches and families. With your leadership, too, so I, I appreciate all you do. Thank you. Thank you. So what's next? Uh, next is uh, spring sports. Spring, spring yeah. sports started uh, officially last week, so thank there's some overlap. We've got wrestling you, state coming you. up. We've got uh, – Bowling, you know, district and state. And so we'll finish up. We'll trail off from winter and jump right into spring. Awesome. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, we get definitely got to have you back because well, that's a phenomenal mindset and philosophy that you guys are doing here at Ross Local Schools. I appreciate it. I'll Kudos never turn down a chance to be on the microphone talking about our people. <laughs> I promise you that. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck. All right. So this is the part of the show where we want to do some announcements and some shout outs. Um, so Dr. Conkle, what have you got for us? Yes. A couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, our kindergarten registration is still going on. So if you need more information, please go to our website. Uh, that's filling up quickly. I think last I heard mm. we had 60-ish all-day kindergartners signed up uh, along with half-day kindergarten. Uh, but more information on our website if you'd like to uh, sign up for kindergarten. The second announcement is obviously our financial update page. Uh, we're trying to add documents to there on a regular basis. Uh, if you have questions, you can email Mr. Frazier or myself. Uh, our goal is to get back and just, again, have these conversations. You also uh, have, um, you're, you're transitioning your newsletter, correct? We are, so, yes. So they can sign up for the newsletter via your website as well. So that's another way to keep information flow open and transparent that, that folks can go. And I believe that's up in the upper right-hand corner. It says newsletter sign up. Correct, so. and that's only for community members. If you're a community member, you want to receive a, a, a newsletter electronically because that's the way we're going in the future, sign up. Parents do not need to sign up. They will receive an additional final forms email. So this is only for non-parents Great. to receive that letter. Great. All right. So a couple shout-outs. Uh, first shout-out is the Ross Indoor Percussion Group. They received a third place in the Kettering Fairmont Contest. So congratulations to the Ross Indoor uh, Percussion Group. Uh, would like to talk a minute about last weekend we had the <laughs> Ross Legacy Championship. Had a chance to spend a couple hours here on Saturday. Very, very impressive with, one, that our staff volunteers, uh, Mr. Finkbein and the students, uh, again, 3,000 people showed up here in a That's matter amazing. of two days, and it was very organized. Uh, I kind of want to read some of the comments that the students. Oh, really? Uh, I think there were six, eight, ten other schools here. A couple, uh, a school from Illinois, so out-of-state yeah. schools came. Uh, but these are, these are kind of interesting. One, uh, the school is so nice, obviously. Uh, now, was that just one O or multiple O's in that <laughs> well, Twitter it, it, Twitter There was multiple, yeah. multiple O's. Uh, <laughs> This is the best competition I've ever been to. The classrooms have a lot of windows, which I thought was an interesting comment that somebody said. Uh, we want to be a student here. I thought high school students coming back to, or coming into our building, they liked it so much. Beautiful. They want to be a student Come here. Come on down. And uh, obviously the murals uh, in the building are, are so cool. So it's just good to get feedback from other students uh, when they come. But, again, Mr. Finkbein, congratulations on, on a great performance and uh, uh, very well done. So future podcast. So next uh, podcast, we'll have Mr. Raymer. Uh, Mr. Raymer is a fine arts facility uh, coordinator. So he will uh, give us an update on uh, the fine arts program. And then future podcast, we, we hope to have uh, Mr. Perry from Morgan Elementary Great. and then Mr. Hall from Elder Elementary. So three more podcasts to go. We're looking forward to uh, to hearing uh, those, th those three speak. Again, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for taking time out of your day. I know this is really busy, and what you're, what you're doing here is phenomenal, and the information that you're making accessible to the community members is great. So um, we'll be back next time, and this one is a wrap. Thank you. Thanks. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks to Dr. Conkle and Mr. Frazier for joining us. And we hope that this helps you understand some of the basics of school funding and that it was beneficial to you. 
If you enjoy our show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back in two weeks for our next discussion. Be sure to follow the school district on social media, Facebook, and our new Twitter account at InfoRLSD. Until then, this is Sean Moss, and don't forget, discover, aspire, and relate every day. This podcast was created by the Ross Local School District. It was produced and recorded at Ross High School.